Hey everybody! Like welcome to the, oh shit! Yeah. Thanks yeah. like <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the Art Fight Podcast. I'm Joe Nolan. I'm here with my co-host uh, Brian Siskin. How are you today? Great, man. How are you? It's a it's kind of a beautiful day in Nashville. Uh, we were working in the garden earlier, and there was a certain. Uh, technique treatment we were thinking of doing but it's a weird thing where if it's too sunny it it it, it will be ineffective but if it <laughs> rains it will wash it away so you have to do it on a day when it's neither sunny nor raining but in the summertime we did the treatment on these tomatoes and literally an hour later brian it was clear as a bell and raining at the same time here in old hickory village so that's what that's how nashville works all the time actually that's not a 2020 thing that's just how it works here <laughs> there's some kind of magic uh and i'm sure that you're you're governing the weather in some metaphysical or otherwise way joe and, and uh, i probably am yeah it's you yeah know, you are the center of your universe, isn't that the truth? Yeah. Um, uh, well, Brian, uh, I don't. I was going to have this. Well, and let me hear. Here we go. I've been busy, Brian. Okay, I don't know <laughs> what you've been doing. I've been very busy. And one thing I did is last night I was emailing with my editor at the Nashville Scene, and we were going over the last notes on a piece that will be in next week's newspaper a week from today, and it will be a piece about what I called quote the best film festival of 2019 um, in Nashville. And uh, that's a film festival that will be celebrating its fifth anniversary here in 2020. Of course, it's going online, uh, but there's a, a whole bunch of really interesting things that they're doing to make that transition as true as possible. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the wonderful Defy Film Festival, which is uh, strictly an experimental film festival, a whole festival dedicated to experimental movies and we're here with one of the co-founders dicey wildman how are you hey i'm great thank you so much those are yeah. kind words i appreciate them yeah you're welcome you're welcome well i i i'm, I'm sort of letting the cat out of the, the, the bag a little bit because i i really honestly do think that last year you guys did such a great job and i really had the best festival experience uh that i had last year in in town um at at the defy film festival which traditionally happens uh in uh studio 615 which is in East Nashville slash Inglewood neighborhood in Nashville. Um, very hip area of town. A uh, very cool venue. And uh, man, I, it really bums me out because I used to live, like basically for me to get there was like like a like a five, like literally a five minute drive. And I didn't have to cross any major roads or anything. Just where I was sort of tucked into like the west side of Gallatin Pike. Yeah. I could just like sort of sneak over there. Oh my God. It was so easy. It was so perfect. <laughs> and it was so great because then I would sneak over there on like Friday evening and I'd be so stoked because I'd be like, Jafar is starting tonight. And I would sneak over there on Friday night usually and I would grab uh you know my bracelet get a beer talk to dicey <laughs> and uh, talk to billy if he was around sort of i would always inevitably see friends of mine who were there for the early part of the night there'd be a few films showing or at least one or two films showing on friday night mm -hmm. and it would just be sort of like this fun prelude and then the next day my wife and i would come back and spend pretty much the entire day or the whole afternoon anyway uh watching movies usually we would see like the big movie at uh um, you know, on Saturday night, you guys would do a big feature. And then in, in the meantime, like we talked about earlier, there was all these really interesting, unique ways of seeing, um, the films at the venue. There was, uh, uh, 
video art, more like fine art kind of video art installations happening. Just a fantastic uh, event that really was always such a great like end of summer thing that I've, I've come to I've, I've come to love it so much, and I don't even want to keep talking about because it it's starting to hurt. I know, <laughs> so, right? I'm like getting really uh, sad. Yeah. We're not going to do that because <laughs> all of that. So much of it was about being there, but we're going to do our best to still have that same experience this year. Um, really quick before we start, I just mentioned it is the fifth anniversary of the film festival. Why don't you just help you know local people or people from out of town uh, just kind of get caught up to what this is, what this crazy thing is all about? Okay, so um, Defy Film Festival is everything you just said. Um, it is. Um, Usually a day and a half. This year it's going to be one day of films from around the world that we um, have curated, my partner Billy and I, that we feel are, um, they're trying something new. They're, we called it Defy for a reason. They really are things that, that we feel like are, you know, if they're playing with tropes or genre or pacing or, or so many different things or so many different ways to surprise us as viewers. And at this point, I mean, we're all just so like visually literate and we've all seen so much. I mean, especially in the last six months. And, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's just really, it feels so incredible to be surprised by something that's trying something new. And so sure. we really, um, we pride ourselves on being able to cultivate a really interesting day and a half of things that are not the kind of things you're going to see everywhere else. Mm -hmm. One of the, one of the ways I always like to describe this to like, you know, uh, the defy newbie is to say, you know, uh, imagine you go to a film festival, you're inevitably going to look at that film festival program. And if you're the kind of person, who likes to find that little niche that's going to be like Sunday afternoon or maybe Saturday if you're lucky, but somewhere kind of out of the way at a time when people might not really be there, they'll slide in a little thing called like experimental shorts mm -hmm. or weird cinema or something yeah. like that, right? And you go and you sit down and for the next hour and a half, you watch about a dozen films and they're just everything from total abstract noise cinema to uh, experimental stories like you're saying they could have narrative maybe they do maybe they don't maybe nobody talks you know yeah. who knows what the hell's going on maybe it's just like one long music video could be anything but it's oh but inevitably it's stuff that's you know off the beaten path to say the mm -hmm. least and to me it's like if you're the kind of person who actually seeks out that little program at your f film festival when you go then you're the kind of person who would love defy because yes. defy takes that and just says what if this was the festival and just that alone i just got a little tingle like my, i just literally <laughs> gave myself goosebumps just thinking about the idea of it because it's such a great idea and it's been such a joy to to sort of experience it for these last five years or almost five i can't wait yes. to next week well, <laughs> you being such a champion of us since the very beginning and I love that explanation of it I think that that's perfect it really is you know kind of like what you're saying too like we're not necessarily for everyone like not everybody wants to have their brain scrambled a little bit um, <laughs> you know but I think I think those people are out there I mean we're we're hoping that they are we're hoping that if they are that they've found us and are finding us um, but we're really such a word of mouth festival too it's kind of like we're just slowly you know it's funny I've never um, you know I've grown up in Nashville my um, my whole life but I'm not a musician at all and I've always had a lot of respect for people like building their brands and or their bands and doing their you <laughs> know touring and, and building up a, a following and like I feel like I understand that in kind of a different way now because of the festival where it's like we have a couple of like people who really are into it and they're there every year and like mm -hmm. you know I think I think those um, 
I think hopefully people are, are, are finding us who are the kind of people that are looking for something a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, people need also a, a, a place where they, they feel comfortable, right, to sort of cultivate and grow and experiment with whatever it is that they're doing. And, yes. and when you get into the more sort of more codified, structured, uh, not that you're not codified or structured as a mm-hmm. festival, but you know what I mean, like uh, more normative, I suppose, in some way, uh, it can be intimidating, I think, for a lot of uh, filmmakers that are getting started or, or whatever, you know, and it's, so it's, it's something where... Uh, you're, you're giving people a, a, an outlet. You know, I was just thinking about when, when you're talking about like the crowd, right? Like the type of people that uh, that that would really like to enjoy a, a festival like this. You know, I, I, all I can think about is like, you know, I think back to like high school, you know, and, you know, there was there was the regular part of the parking lot. And then there was this little <laughs> part of the parking lot that was the unpaved kind of gravel <laughs> part and that's where you know and it was the furthest least convenient parking spaces available to the entire school but that's where like if you had a camaro and you were listening to metallica or you know uh you know motorhead or whatever your thing was (laughs) you know but it became like the, the the gravel part of the parking lot became this kind of epicenter of culture in the high school scenario you know where it was like I could hear all kinds of music that I, you know, I could, I could talk to a lot of different people that I would never talk to otherwise. Cause I really wasn't like uh, in their particular thing. It was founded by metalheads, but opened up to all. And, uh, you know, so I, I have a, I'm a big fan of, uh, uh, cultivated sort of uh, spaces that, that are being done well and being done right and being done thoughtfully, but really yeah. are, are advocates for, for people that are pushing boundaries or figuring it out or both. And what I think pro- I think is also true about that metaphor is, you know, I think those kids in that part of the parking lot are like, they're not necessarily listening to what's on the radio. They're, they're saying like, okay, I need to go find and some, find some other kind <laughs> of, you know, stimulus, something yeah. music that it's not what my parents are listening to. It's not what my friends are listening to, but like, this is making me feel feelings that I didn't know. And this is making me realize that there's a, there's, you know, maybe people out in the world that are like <laughs> understanding me and I've never met them before. Yeah, there's, there's a whole that world. Is what, you know, those are the people making these films that are just, yeah. I have to tell you every single year, you know, I'm just so inspired by the work that we get. And I, I always like after the festival, I'm just so excited to go and make something because I'm like, all this energy of these people who are really like pushing the boundaries and testing themselves and trying new things. And we have a lot of filmmakers return to us year after year. And that is really, really exciting because we get to watch their careers change and grow and, and watch them experiment and flex different muscles. And like, it's just so exciting. Can I ask you, I mean, you see you have a lot of these like filmmakers who come back year after year. What, what is the, you know, I'm, I know that there's a, you know, a lot more film festivals out there than there used to be. And a lot, obviously there's, smaller regional ones and bigger national and international ones but like when it comes to you know the the experimental film festival how many how many defies are there is are there that many besides yours or what were how would you quantify that you know it's a really great question and one that i'm not even positive i know how to answer you know the few we're so small um Mm. and so there's a few that are kind of like on a lot of people's radar that are a little bit bigger than us that are kind of doing the same sort of thing. Um, Boston Underground Film Festival is one that people always talk okay. about. Um, and then there's a lot of like niche festivals that are doing much more genre kind of stuff, but it's where you can kind of go and get your your brain scrambled for different right. reasons. And I love horror, so I'm always really excited about those. But right. you know, someone is doing, festivals doing 
specifically what we're doing. I think, I think they usually end up calling themselves underground festivals Mm -hmm. and you know, it's, um, they're few and far between and it's too bad because, because most cities the size of Nashville and, and larger have, you know, like, regional city festivals that are really important and and they get a lot of like you know they get the big stuff they get the you know the big red carpet kind of energy and that's great because then that can do that and someone else can come in and be like cool so we're gonna be the weirdos in the corner here and we're gonna make some strange stuff yeah i think it's interesting though because it's like it's like one of those things where like if we didn't have a Belcourt cinema, you know, which again, for people who aren't local is a, a local art house cinema that has really now become a, a cinema center mm-hmm. uh, among some of the best in the whole country, really. Um, if we didn't have that in our city, I, I, it would be hard to imagine that the Sinking Creek Film Festival, which was a, a university, a Vanderbilt University, small, tiny film festival when I moved here in the 90s, that evolved into the Nashville Film Festival, which is now, you know, a very, you know, well-reputed, big stars come to town kind of festival. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's you know, it's one of those things where once Nashville can support something like that, then it's almost like, well, then surely there's room for somebody to sneak in, you know, sort of under the umbrella and be like, hey, what if we did all the weird stuff, you know? Yeah. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, thank God that I don't get enough weird stuff at that other place, you know? And you're like, yeah, yeah we, I know, neither do I. <laughs> yeah. that's, such a, that's such a good point because I think that people have to, you, you learn how to watch things. You learn how to be interested in things that aren't just coming on like primetime television. Like that doesn't happen automatically. Some people do like figure it out in college. Some people get that kind of stuff from like older siblings or whatever, but you do have to kind of learn it. And Belcourt is kind of doing that for, for so much of Nashville. People who sure. are willing to kind of go and be like, well, I've never heard of this Tarkovsky thing, but like, okay, we made yeah. a critics pick. So I'm going to go check it out. Like that's actually a certain kind of person. And I think there are more people like that in Nashville than than there would be if Belcourt didn't exist. Belcourt is like teaching so many people how to like mm-hmm. appreciate it and that it's cool and it's easy and it's okay and you're going to be fine. Just have some popcorn and like let it <laughs> wash over you yeah. or happen to you sometimes, you know, <laughs> depending. Yeah. I think that's really true. And I think, I mean, the Belcourt, I mean, especially nowadays, again, they, you know, they did a big renovation and along with that renovation, they expanded their ability to do programming. And a lot of the programming they do there is like strictly educational. You know, know, it's like literally teaching people like how this movie works or how screenwriting works or, and Mm -hmm. not necessarily, you know, maybe how to do it, but also how to understand it and how to recognize what's happening. And, um, and it's funny that you mentioned that because it's like one of those things where, you know, you forget about it, but, but I remember, remember being in I don't know how I guess I would have been I might have still been in my teens but I was in college I was home for the weekend I'd gone out with my friends I came back to my mom and dad's place and uh you know uh we went into the living room and turned on the TV and I started flipping through the channels and then all of a sudden I just hear like this this like classical music, right? I don't know if it was opera or not. It might even be opera, but I just classical music. And like, there's Robert De Niro, like in this, in this robe, just slow motion, like bouncing up and down in this ring, you know? And I'm just like, Oh, wait a second. I'm like, Oh, this is raging bull. Right. Which is of course a movie I'd heard about, but I, at that point I'd never even seen it. I think <laughs> raging bull came out in 80 and this is like 90, 91 or something like that. Okay. So, so I think, Oh, perfect. 
this is the movie I'm going to stay up and watch until through two thirty in the morning. <laughs> right? so, so and you're, I, and you're, you're expecting like this Rocky sort of, and you're like, this is getting fucking weird. <laughs> I, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was going to see. And, this is, this, we, I, and, and actually uh, one of our commenters last week reminded me that I was, uh, I was actually doing an impression of, of from raging bull in last week's show. Because I was like, I can't remember what I was, I was saying. What was I saying? I was saying something about, I heard some things. I heard some things. <laughs> so, uh, um, uh, but I started watching Raging Bull, and I, and it was one of the most important experiences in my life because it was kind of one of those things where it was it was it was just like the time I had learned a bunch of music theory from this music genius friend of yeah. mine in college, and I had just absorbed it and absorbed it and absorbed it, and I was trying to figure out all this stuff on guitar because he was showing me all this stuff on guitar, and I was learning some things, but I was also just like I don't fucking understand what the hell. He's talking about you know and all this stuff and he's just going on and mixolydian blah 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 and all this stuff and i'm just like trying just doing my best and just hoping that some of it's sticking and there's another time i went home actually i went home and at some point during the weekend i sat down at the piano that my mom had in the front room and i just like start screwing around on the piano and all of a sudden i'm looking at the keys laid out linearly and simply on the piano not like a guitar neck and i'm looking at this thing and all of a sudden i'm just like Wait a second. One, five, three. And all of a sudden, I just start realizing, wait a second, diminish. You know? I just started all, all of a sudden, it all made sense because I had thought about it and learned about it so much, but I, I, it just hadn't broken through yet. And when yeah. I sat down to watch Raging Bull, I sat down to watch Raging Bull and I, and I was just like, <laughs> because it was the first time I had ever seen a movie where I, I was, I, I, every fucking frame, man, I, I understood what was happening. Not only was I watching it and appreciating it, but I understood why I was appreciating it. And I understood how the director was doing things yeah. and stuff. And it was the very first time that I really, really saw a movie for the very first time. So, so it was incredible. And of course, I'm obsessed with movies and was bef- I, I was obsessed with movies before that, which is how I learned enough to have that moment. But yeah, then, that's why you were the kind of guy who yeah. stayed on that weird right. thing. Then you go back and you start rewatching everything and you're like, oh, we watch it, watch his edit, watch his edit. <laughs> 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 oh, that's it. When he closes the door, unbelievable. I've had other people having conversations like that because yeah. I, I very much. Right. Uh, and I, that's the part, yeah. that's one of the parts of this that will be difficult. I have to keep it admitting it then and just we have to acknowledge it or the pain will get worse that that one of the most fun things about a festival in general and certainly about a smaller festival like defy was the fact that you would have so much interaction with people and i think also too i think the smallness of it also meant that generally speaking you know i know a a number of people who are going to show up at Defy just because they're weird people who want to watch weird movies and or because they're people in the film theater world in Nashville who I know many of and things like this. And inevitably, they know other people. So it's like it's like one of those things where I would always also meet so many people yeah. from out of town or people I didn't know in Nashville and stuff. And uh, it was such a great sh- uh, social scene there. Um, I agree uh, with that. And I am mourning that for sure. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, I'm... I love a party. I love a hang. I love a, a inter- interacting with people. And, and so obviously that's really hard, but we're actually, um, we've tried as hard as possible to really replicate as many of those experiences as we can with the festival. And so okay, our, our website team is like just pretty freaking incredible. And they've designed our theaters so that you can also simultaneously be in a zoom space 
oh. at the same time so that you can like make sure that you're there with your friends and you can't talk to them because it's zoom you have to wait till afterwards but you can like privately chat them and you can say like oh my god did you see that edit that was incredible or, <laughs> <laughs> really making me feel things or anything right. and so then you can also like you know i, I just love the experience of of running into people exactly like you're saying. And so, you know, at, at any point you can ask to be put into a private, uh, like a private breakout room That's cool. in, the, in the Zoom. And then you can be like actually watching it with your friends, even if you're just sitting on your couch by yourself. Ah, that's pretty rad. I'm glad. And, and you also said, how much do you want to reveal about this? But before we got on air, you were talking about the fact that, well, just I'm going to do this as quickly as I can. But but in the space you guys used to have, this 615 event space, um, which is sort of just like a massive space that basically had a front area mm-hmm. and then would go back into a space with a big screen and, and where you would do like the main theater space. But then you guys also devised a cool theater sort of like just off the lobby in what I don't know. What is that normally some kind of tiny meeting room or something? Yeah. It's like a small meeting room that somebody could rent or something. And you guys set up some chairs in there and you set and you've got a screen there. And then you, the smartest thing in the world, you just have everybody wearing wireless headphones and so therefore everybody can watch the movie everybody can hear the movie but if people are loud in the lounge outside uh like joe nolan who's always out in the lounge just talking at top volume um uh uh they they can enjoy their movie too and it's and it's and it's it's very unique because because it's the one and only time i've ever been anywhere where i watched a movie in a group of people with headphones on like it's very unique you know and it's just such a practical decision it's kind of trippy too though we always really try and put films in that space that kind of are a little headier things that yeah. are a little more psychedelic so yeah. you can you know you know how it is to like listen to music right. with the headphones, you on. Put your headphones on man you <laughs> 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 haven't heard it yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. i'm definitely i'm definitely a, a victim of uh, you know just about everything i make re- it sucks unless you see it a certain way or what I, I, it makes me nuts. Like, you know, cause I, you put so much care into the details of certain things, whether it's music or, you know, any kind of visuals. It's like, I either need, this has to be monumental in scale or completely acute sort of, you know, proximity experience or whatever. So it's really cool that you guys actually, uh, are not doing a lot. Of, I think a lot of people do those sort of things as novelties without really yeah. correlating it to the material and the best experience, you, you know, in a yeah. pure way, uh, as opposed to like, and then if you want to do like the silent disco thing, right. you, can, you know, or whatever, like if you want to meet girls, then you go over here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, totally. It really was born out of necessity, but we've, we've, you know, and I think, I think, all artists, you know, and I think maybe this is a, a part of the fact that like everyone behind the scenes at our festival is an artist, you know, Billy and I are filmmakers, but then everyone else is a musician and like doing things on their own. And so that, that kind of, that spirit of like, okay, so we need to figure out how to, we can put more, sp- more things in here. How can we be creative with the restrictions, but also really optimize them so mm-hmm. that if we were attending this festival, we would be excited and inspired by it. And so yeah. that's, that's really informs all the decisions mm-hmm. that we try to make. But that's one of the things that we talk about a lot on the show is just, we, we, we ultimately just get into like a lot of things about like creative process. And yeah. inevitably when you talk about that subject, you end up having to 
say something that a lot of people who aren't creative and don't do stuff like this, maybe they don't always understand this. But the truth is, when you have limits and you have obstacles, it actually drives you to be creative as yeah. opposed to when you can do whatever you want. A lot of times you just can't think of anything because you don't know where to begin. Right. So. I, just to pick up that thread again, you guys would do the big theater. You guys would do the headphone theater. You'd have art installation type stuff set out, like video-based art installations that would just be in the lobby area where people were congregating near the beer. And uh, and then you would also have another theater with sort of a medium-sized screen. And I, I think there was a, some limited seating in there. Yeah, but people, couch usually. Yeah, like a couch. Yeah, and people could just wander in there and watch like a, a, maybe a longer sort of like super experimental kind of thing. The kind of thing that you could appreciate for just a few minutes or that you could sit all the way through and enjoy if you if you liked it. Um, but so you had all these different sort of like ways to enjoy movies. So now I've said all this to get us to this point. I don't even know if you want to talk about it. But in your before we before we started uh, talking today when we were you know uh, before we actually got the stream going uh, you mentioned that one of the things you've done with this year's digital experience is you've tried to also replicate this kind of capacity to watch movies in different ways um, is there anything about that that you want to say like about the different modes that you might be able to get into yeah okay so um, so one of so <laughs> we definitely have had to be really creative within the restrictions that's definitely very real yeah. So, you know, there are, we're just so lucky that this has happened at a time when technology is where it is. And so we are able to, you know, pretty easily be able to transfer things, not into the full experience. Obviously the social element is the one that suffers the, the worst, but we're working yeah. on that. Right. But, um, but yeah, so, so we've tried to optimize this for the, for what is available right now. And so, like I said, you can, you can watch with the zoom open as well. So you can like make sure your friends are in there and you're able to actually like chat with them, which you wouldn't have been normally. Mm -hmm. um, so there's that space. The headphone idea is actually just like replicated automatically because everyone's just going to be watching on their laptops and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but then actually we, we have also um, brought in the, um, like what we used to call the lounge theater, which is what you're describing as, uh -huh. as that's like a, much closer to the way you would watch a film in a museum uh -huh. where you're yeah, not trying okay. to get it right when it starts. You're not trying to, you're not necessarily feel like you need to stay there till it ends, but it's given a space to just like sit, be quiet, don't pick up your phone and, and experience something. And so that this year is a film called Drift by um, Elizabeth Lowe and, uh -huh. In my notes on this film, I, I said to Billy, I was like, if we don't accept this film, I don't know who we are. <laughs> and it's a little more meandering. And, you know, we had to be super tight with our festival this year because normally we're a, a day and a half. And this year we're just the one day and we're starting a little later than sometimes we do. And, um, and so, you know, we normally hover around 75 films and we're at 48 this year. So mm. we had to be a lot tighter and it wasn't really fitting into the programs and it wasn't fitting. And so it just was like, Oh, of course we're going to replicate the looping museum oh. lounge theater on our website so that you can at any time, you know, you you show up a little bit early for your fest for your screening that you wanted to go to follow the link to that and just hang out with it. Leave it on while you're just like, you know, eating dinner and like <laughs> a few times. It's really beautiful. It's really wonderful. And so we're doing that. And then in place of the, of the installation are in the lobby. Um, yeah. You know, the lobby was kind was a really hard thing to sort of let go of. It's kind of, it is the party. It is the fun. It is the energy. Right. Um, and a lot of, I've attended a fair amount of, um, of 
virtual festivals during quarantine and that energy just like is not coming through and a lot of people are trying really hard and it's clear that a lot of efforts going into that and yeah and so we are also trying really hard and putting a lot of effort into it and hopefully um you know finding some sort of like magic for that to happen where all day long in the lobby there is going to be a um, which is just the home page of the website that you go to from the link that you get when you register um it's going to be a stream all day long of um of kind of a like john water style telethon where we're gonna morning show variety it and and filmmakers to talk and i love that you know characters and events and um raffles and kind of be a little silly um but you know also talking to people in the community about what what nashville's going through right now what the arts community specifically talking to a couple of people in theater and stand-up comedy and then Mm -hmm. like um you know people around the country around um the work that you know filmmakers whose work is showing we're talking to some of them just about like what it means to be an artist right now and so that's kind of uh how we're trying to bring that in I was just going to say, I feel like the people are, you know, when we started uh, into the video sphere of the podcast here, you know, and, and the pandemic had then started, um, there was this sort of panic, not panic, but it's kind of a, a nervous, you know, logically a nervous sort of energy about what was going on with everybody's sort of pursuits. And yeah. and everybody at, at best at that point was really just trying to sort of just provide continuity in some way that felt remotely meaningful or even a vague semblance of content, uh, continuity for whatever it is that they're doing or whatever projects they had going. Uh, now, you know, and I feel like your timing is actually really good because I feel like, um, you know, we're pretty adaptable people and, yeah. you know, I feel like, yeah, six months into this, uh, you know, it's like, okay, it's not just about continuity anymore. It's also about, really being able to leverage any experience that you're providing as an opportunity to experiment, try new things. And it doesn't have to be a one-to-one modulation of the lobby experience or, or whatever. Each thing's going to have its own sort of new wrinkles and things that kind of avail itself to you. Like, wow, you know what? Like it's going to work both ways. You know, you're going to find things I think through this experience that yeah. deeply inform, you know, your sort of a uh, IRL, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, experience. And so, you know, I think that we're actually getting to this point now where, um, you know, it's starting to get, I think a little bit, there's another gear, uh, uh, that's really interesting to me because, uh, you know, like, uh, we can kind of go, okay, I'm not, I'm not dead. Like, okay. All right. So what's going on. And then, uh, you know, here we are. So, so I believe that there's a massive opportunity for, for people and, uh, to, to, to really be mindful of, the uniqueness of these circumstances and don't let this sort of pass you by. And I think that, you know, when you talk to everybody, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, Joe, I know you're sort of just like everybody, right? Like we're all like, I'm, I redid my studio and I've cleaned up all my stuff and I've, you know, whatever, I've got all my shit together now, or at least I think I do, you know? And then you should uh, see me break down delivery boxes. Right. Yeah. Ninja. Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Like eight months ago, you would just stare at them. Like, I don't know. I don't know what, like, do you start at the bottom of the box yeah, or like, what do you do? Do I need yeah. a box cutter? I don't That's really. Like three steps, three steps, bare hands. Now it's like, <laughs> yeah. but you know, so we're, I, think, I guess we're all getting pretty, pretty good at this, but you know, I, I think that um, there's inevitably in my mind, we're going to be nostalgic for this uh, uh, sort of societal sabbatical. Uh, mm-hmm. And this is not to sort of brush past the, the gravity uh, of, of everything, but, 
But, you know, even for those that have been drastically negatively affected, I think that anybody that anybody that can go on in the best possible way, please just do that, you know, like make the most of it and don't, you know, uh, you know, if you remember like a lot of the social media sort of conversation felt like uh, in March or April that it was all around, you know, like it's okay that you don't really know what to do with yourself and just relax and just chill and like, you know, uh, we went. We had to go from like the hustle worship, you know, weirdness society. Everybody's a, another fucking Gary V or whatever. Like, oh, you got to grind, you know, and everything's got to be a fucking race. And yeah. and then all of a sudden, it's like everybody's chained down, and it's like, oh no. I feel like that now people sort of evened out with all that. So yeah. I, I think that you're in a really powerful spot, and especially also to be in the earlier stages still of the arc of the festival itself. And <laughs> I'll punctuate or finish here by just saying. I'm the kind of person that uh, is not like Joe. Uh, I don't like group watching anything. That's what I call it. I call it group watching. I, I don't. I don't like. I only want to watch films by myself. I never, ever want to watch a film in a room full of people, much less a smaller, weird. I can hear you chewing. Group of people, or like <laughs> I can't. We're so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I fully cannot stand to watch anything that I'm actually compelled to pay attention to. I don't like watching anything with anybody else. And I, I hope that I'm not completely neurotic and all alone in this. I feel like there might be other people. I think you're not alone. <laughs> and so I think that there's an opportunity there to sort of serve the, the people like me. Cause I, I, I will not go to a festival. Mm -hmm. I, I, I will. I'm the kind of person that will sort of avoid things like that. Uh, because, and it's not that I'm too awkward. I'm maybe somewhat awkward, but it's more about just like, I feel like I'm not going to be able to, I feel like there's going to be a lot of levels of mediation between me and yeah. what is the promise of this experience. I'll wait till it, I can access this in some other way or, or whatever. So, so I feel like that you've got an opportunity also to sort of, uh, you know, cater to weirdos like me. Well, you're totally right. And actually I have a couple of things to say to that. One is um, there are really are so many positives to this just, you know, un unfathomable, unfathomable negative that we're all experiencing. Um, and as a festival, you know, one of those is that we're really proud of the fact that we, um, we get a pretty good turnout from filmmakers considering the fact that like, you know, we can't really fly people out. Like we have, we were just operating on such a small budget all the time. And so, you know, last year we had 17 filmmakers come in from around the country and around the world to, to, be there with their film and talk about it afterwards. And that's such a huge thing to me. That's so important and so incredible. Um, as a, as a filmmaker, I really love to go to festivals and meet other filmmakers. And then, you know, it's just, it feels like it adds such an, an incredible layer to, to the experience. And so, you know, now there's no barrier of travel there. And so our Q and A's after every film block are going to be, Jam packed. I mean, we yeah. have every single filmmaker is is going to be available to to answer questions, and and those questions are also coming from around the country too, and around the world because barriers oh, to when you can participate in or where you can be to participate in the screenings. We they are starting at a specific time, like like the regular festival, um, and so you know. But if you're there, you can be anywhere, and and so that opportunity of really bringing art appreciators from around the world and artists around the world together you know that was that's something we never tried to do in the real real world because the idea of you know people sometimes filmmakers had offered to like skype in for a q a but that felt like that was going to be a lot of like right they used to feel weird <laughs> but now we're just doing it and so so that's a really huge positive and one of the other ones that is just totally personal and totally um 
meaningless to anyone else is my best friend in the world lives in Oakland, California, and she works on um, for a school. And so she's on on a semester schedule. And so the end of August was like never a good time for her. So she's never been to this festival that is a huge yeah. And this is the first year she gets to attend because she can just do it in her living room. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not the festival that I wanted her to see, but there really are some like pretty Im- immense positives about embracing mm-hmm. this opportunity to all come together. Um, the other thing to, to your point though, about not wanting to see things together, totally get it. Totally understand. It's a sacred thing. Watch it yourself. But there was this one experience. <laughs> Joe, I don't know if you were in this screening, uh, but it really is the, it is the reason that I love a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the last screening last year. It was our horror block. And um, we finished with a film called Fetish. Were you in there for this one? I don't know if I was in there for that. Oh, I, it's, it's just... I guess I go ahead and tell me what happened. I'll tell you if I remember it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's a really great film. And, and the filmmaker... Um, David was there and, and it, you know, it was just, it was exciting and, and we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. There's just like a really fun surprise at the end of it. And, wow. um, and it's a bit of a longer film. Like, you know, you're, you're waiting it's a, and you get really tied into these characters and you love it. And for a minute you kind of forget that you're in the horror block and you forget that this like beautiful love story might go wrong. And it was a packed room and I was like sitting like next to the bleachers in the back because there was nowhere to sit. And the reaction of these people to this surprise at the end, which I won't, I won't ruin it for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it was so wonderful to be in a room full of people who all were just surprised out of their mind uh-huh. and laughing hysterically and screaming and yeah. like, no, is, I, I, there's definitely things that are purpose built right for the for yeah. the theater experience so what was the um uh this is one of those things where nobody's going to know what the hell i'm talking about and i don't either um there's a horror movie that there's actually two versions of it um one was done in the 90s and then one was done in sort of maybe 2008 or something but it was uh about this family that goes out into the woods for this vacation and it's it's this horror movie but it's it's uh it's supposed to be it looks like feels like a normal sort of horror movie but everything about the way it's done is situationally set up to provide the most unreal amount of uh cliche horror tension in the worst way possible Um, oh god what is this and here's the thing is like it was one of those things where this was i was in new york and i went it was like one of those moments where you're like i'm tired of being in eight degree weather i'm gonna go to a movie like it's just as a respite i ended up having this transcendental experience it was me and my sister at the time because we went to this i gotta remember the name of this movie this is pissing me off so (laughs) I remember it opened up and it was just a shot of this family driving to, to go on this vacation, maybe in you know Maine or somewhere. And, and, uh, and the music was there, uh, like John Zorn, like mm. crazy, like, uh, like naked city, crazy <laughs> shit. And I was, and I was, I'm in a, like a AMC theater, whatever you call it, like the big theater yeah. in times square or somewhere, you know, some okay. huge theater. I'm, and I'm just getting, pelted with like, like John Zorn. I'm like, what in the hell movie is this? What is going on? And I didn't know anything about the movie at all. And this was one of those things where, thank God, because I went in and there was only one other family or group of people in the th- whole theater. But this whole movie was set up to where like the, the, the most intense scene is uh, this woman's been like sort of uh, bound and tied by some uh, murderous person and there, there's a shot in the living room where the tv is on and it's just a nascar race and it's just, <laughs> it's, it's just a one it's just one shot 
uh, and the shot is sort of like looking over the couch and you can just hear the person wriggling and writhing around on the floor trying to get out of their tape and ropes and everything to survive just so they can get to the phone and you know that the phone's like on the sink or by the sink in the next room and they stay on this one shot for like 12 minutes <laughs> and and the person's just trying to get up and then falls and falls down and then and and the only sound is just this incessant nascar just like and then finally the person you know gets up and i'm not exaggerating this is like a 10 minute one shot scene in the middle of this completely seemingly mainstream movie and the people that are in front of me were going ape shit they were screaming like why and is she and so the person they get up and so they can either go over here to where the television is or they can go over here to where their phone is so they can call for help. And the TV's been going for 10 minutes playing this NASCAR thing. And and they finally get up and they finally waddle over and they're not they're not going to where the phone is. They're just trying to get to the TV to turn it off. Yeah. And, and everybody's like, ah! Like in the theater, just going completely nuts. They have no idea what's going on. And it's, it's, it's done very sneaky. And then and then finally they get to the kitchen and there's the phone and there's a, you know, a sink full of dishes and everything. And they finally, after like 12 minutes of this, nudge the it can't really quite get it push the phone into the water yes of like, course. you know and so everything about this movie was set up uh to be exactly like that it's excruciating <laughs> it, it, on all of the sort of based on all the horror sort of tropes um and so i that's something where it's like if i saw that by myself for god's sake i would have been so pissed I would, i'm so yeah. glad that i saw that in a theater so mm-hmm. i i'm not i'm not totally averse to that experience but uh uh i, lo- I love it when things are really purpose built for that but they are good. Yeah, when things are purpose built for the theater experience, it's a magic thing. I think you know it's really funny that we're talking about that because I feel like it's it's maybe it's like the comedy tragedy thing or something like that, but I feel like comedy movies are the other movie that you get that experience in a lot. Like when you're in a theater full of people at a really funny movie, it's twice as funny as it is when you're watching it by yourself. I remember I saw Dolomite. Uh, not no, what, no, what was it called? What was the name of that movie? Not, not. I'm thinking of the Eddie Murphy movie, but it was it was a movie that came out maybe ten years ago, and it was basically sort of like a sort of like a reboot of a black exploitation film. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Called sure. like. This is, the, this is the show where we just think? talk about things we can't remember. Right. <laughs> We're sort of Googling that movie with the show with the. Yeah, I know. Hold on I'm, a second. <laughs> I'm looking this. I'm looking up my thing right now because it's making me. I, I'm fully distracted now. I can't even focus. <laughs> See, this is. But no, there is something about uh, the propulsion oh, uh, of uh, and shared crowd energy. For I got sure. it. I got what it. It's got? called. It's called Black Dynamite. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that movie. That movie's funny. Number one. But I'm telling you, I, when I saw it at the theater, at the Belcourt, actually, I was with like a group of friends and everybody else was there with a group of friends. And the, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was packed. It was like a weeknight, but there was still a lot of people there. And I missed half the jokes in that movie because every joke was so funny that you never heard the next one, you know, because yeah. everybody's just laughing their ass off. And then th- there's another joke and you can't hear it because everybody's laughing too hard. But it's really funny the way that for whatever, for whatever reason, it really feels like <laughs> stuff that's terrifying and stuff that's hilarious is like the best stuff to see with a group of people you know what i mean yeah i mean they're both things you know, both both in comedy and horror they elicit a physical reaction you know mm-hmm. whether you're screaming or you're gasping or you're laughing right 
know, drama doesn't really always do that. I mean, maybe mm. you cry or, you know, maybe you're surprised. Nobody but- wants to sit through a drama listening to me cry in the theater, okay? <laughs> Nobody wants that. I don't want it. They don't want it. <laughs> They're really similar. You know, I, I feel like the structure of comedy and horror are similar. You want that. You set people up for what you think that is going to happen, and then you surprise them with something else. And Yeah. It's, it is a, I think maybe being in that with other people is, is kind of, has a power to it. Okay, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> funny games. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> so there's there's two. It's weird because there's one that's in 1997 that's not even really. I don't know. It's not the same thing. Uh, but it's like a, it's a, it's oh, like a right. European movie, right? And then they remade it as an American film. But he uh, made them both. Yeah, so, and it's like a shot for shot too, isn't it? Michael uh, Haneke. Yeah. Well done. Uh, and, but it's got Tim Roth and Naomi Watts in it. Uh, so anyway, I just remember being like, wait, Tim Roth, John Zorn music. Like what in the hell is going on? But anyway, That's yeah, I mean, it's, you know, so we, we, you know, as you know, we also talk a lot about, uh, you know, fighting and combat sports and all that. And, and we've just been having a lot of, uh, conversations with uh, a lot of different, uh, folks about how, you know, right now with sports, right? Like there's this, uh, absence of fans and people are dealing with it in different ways. Uh, you know, and so the NBA right now has got like kind of virtual fans and they're piping in sort of fake crowd noise. And that's, that's that's sort of like an approximation of an experience, yes. I suppose. Right. Like that's how I felt like when they, like Joe, you know, that like if you buy a Corvette or something now, like that it has fake car noise in it, like engine sound comes through the speakers of the stereo. That's no, a lot of cars are like this. Now they pipe in fake engine noise because everything's become so insulated that it's diminished the driving experience. And so they even, I'm not talking about electric cars. I'm talking about like gas powered, yeah. cars combustion engines yeah they pipe they, they I want it to sound like a muscle car but they don't sound yeah. like that anymore right so so then you can pipe it in like it's so weird so this, oh, this man, we're in this it's so funny how like we're in this age of certain things that are simulations like us hanging out right now are fine and other things are like fuck you like it's totally patronizing you know like yeah. like get out of here so uh, i don't know That's but insane. uh but you know, with with sports, right, and that that sort of common energy, you know, thing, you know, but with with combat sports and mixed martial arts and boxing and things, right now, it's like, it's actually been this tremendous insight into uh, the sport because you have this other sensory layer. You have you you can hear uh, coaches' instructions, and you can hear the breathing, and you can hear you know fighters talking to each other, and you can hear all these things that all of a sudden elevate. Uh, it's it's like a, another dimension to what's actually going on in this realism and this immersion. Uh, but at the same time, you don't feel like people are riding the wave of being on a roll, you know, like, oh man, they connected on two or three punches and now the crowd's really behind them and they're feeling it. And now this is happening or like a basketball game, you know, wow. Like you, know, you can feel the, the connectedness between uh, the audience and the, and the performer. And so, uh, you know, I, f- I feel like that we're missing some things and we're learning some things again. It's sort of like, how do we coming out of the side of this, figure out what are the best ingredients of all of it? Yeah, that's so fascinating. I mean, I think I'm not a live performer and I can't even imagine having to translate that experience into, you know, whatever this is now. I remember on some podcasts, Maria Bamford talking about doing Zoom shows and how like, you know, it's just, it's all the bad parts and none of the good parts. (laughs) That sounds about right. But yeah, I mean, it's really true. Like so much of that is built around the idea of we're all in this together and sports for sure. I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of people like sports just because it's a thing to talk about and do with people. Yeah. 
I was going to say, I have a, a weird question for you that I just wanted to say before I forget. Um, my question is, do you think that in terms of just, this is more just about film in general and filmmaking, but do, do you think that we, like, I'm trying to place ourselves, you know, five, eight years from now, and this is behind us, uh, assuming, or, and assuming we still have some semblance of a society or whatever but uh let's just say that it's eight years from now and everything's fine <laughs> right <laughs> uh, so knock on wood <laughs> do you think that then there'll be this sort of almost like an aesthetic danger to sort of uh sort of potholes of re- relational memory to sort of avoid because a lot of this people are just going to want to move like the hell if we're going to want to spend time in this zone anymore right so then you know people right now that perhaps are making things that are you know consciously in reflection of what's going on and really absorbing the unique dynamics and having that happen you know and then making pandemic film or whatever you know like if uh, when the submissions come in for you know five years from now and somebody's like oh here's my covid film are you going to just be you know what i mean like like i wonder what the future is uh with relation to how we're associatively you know sort of exhausted or think of something quite negatively even though there's been you know perhaps a lot of positives inside it no i think that's a really interesting question i think um i i have i have said to people that i'm I am nervous that next year is going to be all films made in quarantine that all are about the same thing. And we have one film made in quarantine this year, uh, a film by local filmmaker Drew Maynard. His film's called Art in My House, and it's incredible. And it's a film you could only... He, it's the only kind of film you can make in quarantine or you'll yeah. see it, but it's not about quarantine. Um, yeah. Yeah, I am nervous about that. I think artistically, we all... You know, there's something about art to find the universal to find you know community where there isn't any and to and to feel seen and heard and a part of something um and so that you know that's really important but also i don't really want to hear someone else talking about a thing that i'm literally going through or that like yeah i did that i i had that and so there's something about the abstraction of of it being a different way around at the same subject that is really that i think is going to be really important i think i think moving forward you know okay so like a lot of the things that i'm consuming right now are horror movies and horror movies deal a lot with um with you know, isolation or, you know, confinement and things like that. And I actually totally coincidentally, I'm reading, um, Bel Canto right now by Ann Patchett, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize is, is I didn't realize before I started reading it because uh, I'm a bad Nashvilleian and I've never read Ann Patchett before. Um, <laughs> that it's about a hostage situation. And so like, you know, they're stuck there and it's about how their lives are, you know, how they kind of cope with this, like, okay, well, my life has been completely interrupted and it's not going the way I want it to, but also kind of, this is sort of interesting and nice and there's some positives and uh, I haven't finished it yet. Don't tell me how it is. But, <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think I am, I am while in this experience, really enjoying things that are kind of reflecting something similar. Um, and, you know, I just watched Relic um, on, I think Amazon Prime, um, mm-hmm. which is a new horror movie and it's really great and it deals, you know, with some of these things, but, but I don't want to watch someone talk about quarantine i really i feel like there's gonna some level of of distance has to be there and i don't think necessarily it's the distance is is chronological i think there's gonna have to be some other 
someone's going to have to have a really hot take is basically it. Cause yeah, you know, it's good. It's someone was bringing up to the other day that, you know, there's not a lot of, of art about, and maybe I'm wrong, but, um, about the, um, the Spanish flu and it's cause you know, we all did it. It's all, yeah. let's, let's get past that. And I think this is such a fascinating time for so many reasons. And I think a lot of the really positives that are happening in terms of, of social movements couldn't have happened without the pandemic. And I think I want to hear critical conversations about that in five years. Right. But yeah. I don't know if I want to watch a COVID horror movie. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's, it's a good challenge for someone to bring something it's, fresh it's, to that. That's not it's, it's, like <laughs> it's pronounced covered. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So yeah, we have a, what's going to happen with, with the work, you know, and I think even people not making things about quarantining or about, you know, just the horrible loss as a um, planet, but you know, I think that we'll see a lot of smaller productions, just literally people yeah. are going to have to scale their productions way back. Even if they're leaving the house and, and renting locations and doing that, you know, you're going to try and have as few people on set as possible. And so sure. I bet we're going to see a lot more, you know, just really tiny, quiet films. And, and that I'm excited about that. I think mm-hmm. will be really, um, that's, that might be a nice, uh, you know, recentering. Well, like we said earlier, you know, it's one of those things where I think, you know, for a lot of people, it could be the thing that, you know, the the most difficult uh, possible circumstances uh, push them into new realizations and new creative levels that they wouldn't have gotten to otherwise. Um, we have a few minutes left. And before we get out of here, uh, do you want to just like run us through a few of the highlights that we should be looking at uh, when we tune in next Saturday uh, to for the Defy Film Festival? Yeah, I do. Um, oh, well, I'll start with, with Art in My House, which I've already mentioned is, um, <laughs> exactly, funny games, uh, Art in My House, uh, which is Drew Maynard, and he's incredible, um, and we are really, really, really excited to get this film from him. It is um, um, from the perspective of his very sweet dog named Bolo. Um, but just really wonderful. He's an incredible talent in town and, and we feel really, um, lucky to have it also returning again. So, um, one of the only two short, uh, two feature length films that we have this year, normally we have around seven. Um, but you know, like I said, we really scaled things back a lot this year Uh and, um, is a uh, is a film called The Last Porno Show. And the filmmaker, Kiri Papitz, actually was in our very, very first season. He was he had um, a film called Rainbow Kid, which was our f- the first film that we accepted to the festival our very first year. And so yeah, okay. he came in from Canada and talked to us about it. It's a really beautiful, um, beautiful movie. And, so, and it's, a, it's kind of, it's not what you expect. It's unlike any movie I've ever seen before. Um, and coming from just such a, such a unique voice. And it kind of feels like it's the, the sort of thing that it's catching lightning in a bottle. I don't know if you can do it twice, except for like, he really did this new one. The last porno show is so interesting. It's such a, such a kind of roundabout way of getting at just a family drama. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm really excited about that. And he'll be, he'll be around to talk about it. Virtually. That's a, that's one of the movies that I saw, and um, I've, I, we, uh, I, uh, I again, I'll have a uh, a sort of a preview of the festival in the Nashville scene next week. If you're out of town, it's nashvillescene.com. dot uh, com. It comes. It'll be posting on Thursday. It'll be in print on Thursday next week. Um, but so I watched a handful of movies that Dicey sent me, and the thing I thought was interesting about this feature was it had. Um, 
it's such a weird tone. Like it's like, it's sort of comedic, but not really, but kind of dramatic, but it's kind of an absurd situation. And it's, uh, and you know, and it's kind of a movie about movies, but then it's also about fathers and sons. And it's very, um, it's, it's a very, it's, 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 it's it's very it's a very interesting movie and I think it's a very interesting movie in the context of Defy because it's not a movie that's that's going out there and being experimental in some really big flashy way or some very just overtly strange way it's it's a but it is a movie that's sort of doing something very um, like you say it's a family drama that's a straight thing we all know what that is but but it, it really goes about it. Like you say, I don't even know why I'm repeating it, but I'm just reinforcing that what you yeah. just said, that it goes about this very normal, predictable type of thing in, in a very weird way. And it's also just a weird circumstance about a guy who inherits a porno theater. That, yeah. well, I guess we'll leave it at that. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's exactly like, okay, tell, talk to me about your relationship with your father, but also do it in a way that literally no one has ever done before in the history of time. Yeah. It's got really good acting and a good script and a lot of unexpected stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a little bit more graphic than I thought it would be. It's, uh, it's, uh, there's a lot of surprises for sure. And, yeah. and, and like I said, also funny, but, but melancholy too, you know what I mean? It's, it's a really uh, unique movie for sure. What else? Yeah, what else it do you- actually reminds me a lot of, um, and I, I didn't totally nail in on this until just now, but, um, well, oh, the, um, focus, what am I trying to say? <laughs> the do- uh, sleeping dogs lie. Um, uh-huh by Bobcat Goldthwait uh-huh. um, is from, I don't know, probably like 15 years ago now. Maybe. It is kind of like that. It is a little where it's like at the very beginning of the movie, you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to like, do I really want to watch a movie about this? And right. yet by the end, you are so fully invested in the characters and you are really experiencing this just like yeah, good point. true thing with them. Mm-hmm. I even thought that, you know, there's a little bit of a boogie nights thing going on in the oh, sense yeah. that, that you're in the, you're sort of in that, the porn world sort of milieu, but at the end of the day, I really felt like there's lots of moments where all the different odd characters that are attracted to that world for various reasons, and in this case, attracted to this theater for these various yeah. reasons, um, uh, they sort of make up a weird family of their own in, yeah. in, in, in a very in a very touching human kind of way um, that, again, is sort of like plays off of these other moments that are just like ridiculous or kind of gross. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. So so kind of similar to that is this is the first year that we have um, a block, which is we're calling it our dramedy block. Mm -hmm. Um, We we don't really prescribe what our blocks are going to be ahead of time. We just fall in love with the movies and then Billy and I get together with a bunch of note cards, these analog note cards, which was really hilarious the way we did that over Zoom this year because we did not go digital. We just fixed it all the <laughs> cards and like lots of um, extra Zoom devices. Um, <laughs> but uh, so this is the first year that we've ever really needed to have this block that's like these films are not full dramas, they're not full comedies, they're not full experimental, but they're mm-hmm. really like approaching storytelling in a different kind of way. And so our dramedy block has five films in it. And like, I have to say, I'm just really deeply excited about every single one of those films. I'm hoping that people kind of get on board for this, like, what is this genre block? Um, but they're all really beautiful and strange. And, um, and I'm, I'm, it's just very excited about them. I think, I think Joe, I sent you a couple of, um, explosion, um, of oh, a yeah. swimming pool and, um, 
or the swimming ring rather. And then yeah. the priest, I think he saw that one. I like both of those a lot. Actually, I'll, I'll be mentioning both of those in the Nashville scene this week. And um, uh, yeah, and the, the priest one is interesting because the priest one is a little bit more, it's sort of a straight ahead uh, short drama, but then all of a sudden there's like this crazy moment that happens inside of it that's pretty wild. And then I, I really like that the explosion of the, is it called the, the explosion of the swimming pool ring? Is that that's it? Correct. That, that is, that movie's, that movie's, that's that's a good one. That's a very it's really good, special, isn't it? It is very like, special. It's, it's very very special. To watch is exciting. What happens? It's exciting. The way that they do it from a cinematic perspective, as well as just like yeah. as an audience member. I mean, yeah, the way it looks is cool from the first second. It is like yeah, it really hits on every level and is so so truly truly surprising. It's a great lesson too. In like you know, I think one of the things that's difficult about making a short film, not that I've ever tried, but I would assume that if you made a short, well, actually I have, I've been, I've done the 24 hour movie thing uh, two times, right? So oh, those are yeah. short films. And so, uh, so, but, and I, and we did experience this. So, so let me tell you as an expert short filmmaker, um, <laughs> I can tell you one of the hardest things is if you're trying to tell a story, it's, it's hard to do because you don't have the time to sort of build through these three acts and tell me who these characters are and all this stuff. You just have to do it now. Yeah. You have to start and you have to end. You know what I mean? And, and that movie is a great example of how to do that. Like to, I mean, the movie is like, I think I just, I think I used the word savage when I described that. Movie. <laughs> oh, I think that's a perfect word for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it really <laughs> is. And I don't know. How do you make a savage film in 10 minutes? Watch this movie at the Defy Film Festival. <laughs> I think that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, it is out of Finland too. It's probably, it might be our first Finnish film that we've ever had and just like coming in strong. Big time. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really, really good. Um, is there any, any other ones you want to mention just to sort of wet, uh, wet the appetites of these voracious yeah. cinephiles who tune in every week to the art fight pod? <laughs> well, okay. So we talked a lot about experimental um, and there's a film called anthology of fruits and vegetables, which I'm really excited about out of Canada. And, um, one of the things that makes it really special is the um, the filmmaker Don George. She um, developed the film using some of the materials from the things, the fruits and vegetables that she's filming. And so it feels very old school, like Stan Brackage kind of oh. filmmaking. Um, and, but it's also just like beautiful to watch. And she gets these like kind of really rich, weird colors out of them. And it's like, it's, feels experimental you know these days especially with video i mean and I'm, I'm a video artist like i fall into all of these kind of cliche categories mm -hmm. um but you know you can kind of just like get, get into these ruts of seeing the same kind of thing and this is and, so, and i think that some of what people are like nervous that an experimental film is going to be is it's just like lights and colors or something and, yeah and i love that shit so you know <laughs> right this is really like taking it back very classic to like literally experimenting with the chemistry of film and with what you're watching and drawing those, yeah, those well said. connections. It has this like Halls Frampton kind of energy. It's really like, it's really approachable, but cool. And I, I hope, um, I hope to get more kinds of things like that. Like it's just people really approaching the medium Mm -hmm. at, from a medium perspective I think you know so many people go through film school and never ever pick up a film camera never think of it as you know the actual process and, and that's a wonderful thing it's really it's it's democratized it where everybody really can make a movie right now with their phone and their computer so easily and that's beautiful and I and I love that but I like that there are still people just getting like 
dirty with it. And yeah, the intention, cool. the intentionality that it's required. I mean, like I have a, I have an old Bolex that I found in a dumpster in New York City years ago. Uh, this old uh, photographer clearly had died. And the landlord was just tossing all of his stuff in oh, the dumpster. And there was just all this film and cameras and all this. I was like, oh, my God. I just happened to be walking by. This is in Queens. <clears throat> and so I, gra- I, I grabbed one of the cameras out of the trash. And I just thought to myself, I am going to learn how to use this. Uh, and in this man's honor, right, they're just trashing his gear, his life's work, everything. <clears throat> so I took that camera and I just got it back. Uh, this is like part of like that sort of pandemic clearing house kind of shit going on, right? I finally got, I found like the guy in Arizona that's the perfect guy to, to restore it. Oh my God. And so I've got it fully restored. It's like, it's beautiful. It works perfect. It's as good as new. Got my film in just recently and I'm, I'm now like ready to get at it. But it's like, oh, okay, cool. well, you know, eight millimeter, uh, you know, regular eight, you know, like, uh, you know, okay, now you got to, figure that out real quick and uh you know so it's cool like that's you know there's an intentionality and and nerding out of the medium that is always welcome and i always think about like decasia or you know uh films like that where it's like uh you know not really great for a first date but a really incredible film yeah and i think you're so right about the intentionality there where like you don't you know these days you can just hit record and go forever. Also a thing I love, very excited about that. I'm so glad it's not so expensive to make films as it used to be, but there is something so cool about needing to be like, so this role costs actual money and it only takes two minutes to go through the whole thing. So like I need to be really, really thoughtful about what I point this camera at. And I need to be really careful about the F-stop and I need to be thinking about all these things that like Hmm. we just don't, we're not used to thinking about anymore. And it's it's (laughs) very cool. I love that. I can't wait to see what you shoot. Yeah, me either. Well, I'm actually horrified at the prospect because it's one of those things where I have to shoot a bunch of test footage very meticulously and go through and be like, okay, I'm going to go in this kind of light. I'm going to write down and do cards and everything. And I have to really think about every single thing so that because of the the meter is not going to be quite right, right and you know all that so i've got to document everything and then wait <laughs> to get it all back yes. to see what to see what it is and be like oh okay so if i'm always two stops down then that's actually spot on and okay now i can get started but then it'll be another it's gonna yeah, be a, lot of like a month away from getting even to this beginning <laughs> yeah just to even understand like it's yeah it's like a it's like having a a microphone but it takes you a month to figure out like, is this thing on? (laughs) (laughs) But I love it. I mean, like I said, yeah, the the purpose and the intentionality is, is a beautiful thing. And, and, uh, and you know, now's a good time to sort of do all that stuff that you, you know, always like, man, I'm going to, you know, shoot some, some regular eight. And it's like, well, now you're going to do it. Yeah. There's no excuse now. No excuse now, but I'm, you know, maybe I'm paving the way a little bit for what I'm going to do next year, which is clearly going to be from my inside information here for my submission to, to uh, defy next year. It's going to (laughs) be, uh, it's going to be something that really explores the medium itself. I've, I've been yeah. taking notes. Yeah. I'm so, going to uh, completely avoid the pandemic as if it never right. happened. It's a story, yeah. not a story, but also kind of a story. Yeah. Yeah. This, is, this, is a story. <laughs> this is a story of a middle-aged amateur filmmaker who's pandering to festivals <laughs> right, in the exactly. most obvious ways possible. Let's see where it goes. It's not funny, but it's absurd. And there's a lot of naked <laughs> horror. <laughs> <laughs> right. He doesn't like to watch movies, but that's okay. We don't like to watch his movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, 
Well, if if anybody wants to watch this again, like what well, like we talked about, one of the things that actually is the you know the silver lining about this whole situation. There's actually two silver linings. We've mentioned one, which is that anyone who's listening to this podcast or anyone who has an internet connection and somehow finds out that there's a film festival happening uh, based in Nashville online next week can watch the film festival, which is awesome. The other thing I want to mention that I think is great is that one thing that happens even at a, a festival like Defy is that you can't see everything you end up missing things because i want to see this thing but it runs for an hour and a half and that means i'm gonna to have to miss this short block over here and that's part of the fun of the film fest really is sort of going through there and trying to figure out your schedule and we're gonna see this but then well, we can't see that but that's gonna play again on the next day so we'll yeah. see it that day and, and figuring all it out but there's also something wonderful about the fact that it's like if i get up and make breakfast on saturday morning i can just watch them all and yeah. that's pretty rad too. So if people want to see the film festival, which everybody listening to this podcast, I cannot give you a higher recommendation than spending your Saturday at the Defy Film Festival next week. How do they do that? Okay, so you're going to go to defyfilmfestival.com and register. And then right after that, um, or before the festival, you're going to get an email that's going to explain everything you need to do. And it's going to have your your um, password in it and at 12 o'clock on Saturday September 12th um, that password becomes applicable and you can enter the festival and you're gonna see this lobby show I'm talking to you about and you're gonna see some some weird fun going on there and some fun art conversations and starting right at 1230 there's gonna be films all day long until 11 p.m. Um, and um, like you were saying, like it's not possible to see all of them. There's some overlap, and so let yourself off the hook. Just enjoy it. Pop around. Go to all the different different rooms. Don't forget to go into the um, the looping lounge room where Drift is playing all day long. Mm-hmm. And yeah, an experiment. You know, I know the Zoom thing's like a little kind of strange for people, and I know people are zoomed out, but I do think it's a cool way to experiment with with watching with your friends when you can't. And so, you know, experiment with that, hang out with, do the Q and A's, ask a question. These filmmakers are setting aside a lot of time to come and be there and watch with others. And, and it, as a, as a filmmaker, it means the world when someone asks a question. And so, you know, don't be shy. You don't even have to use your face. You can just, you know, <laughs> blank yourself out and ask a question and, and really engage. It's an opportunity to see things you wouldn't have an opportunity to see any other time, any other day, anywhere else. And um, and really, I hope that it's, it's you know, just a little respite for people. Mm-hmm. Now, I think I just, I think I just described this wrong because I was thinking that I could like, log, you know, register for the festival, get my password log in and then just browse around and watch whatever I want. But are you saying that things are actually scheduled where if it's going to be scheduled, so you got to know what you want to see and and look, look at ahead as on. Yeah. And so thank you. Good to know. (laughs) And you know, it's, it's definitely, I know a lot of festivals when they went virtual, just were like, here's our, here's our catalog, watch it whenever. I kind of like the way you're doing it. But you know, like I was saying, like there's just an energy with watching at the same time and like texting your friend and be like, okay, I'm my popcorn. Are you ready? Are you watching? You know, that's special and that sort of appointment viewing is sort of fun um and you know it's exclusive it's also like you kind of can let yourself off the hook a little bit like you're not going to get to see everything don't stress it's just Mm. go to go to what feels feels like it's going to expand your mind a little bit and and give you a little a little moment to just think about something that you weren't thinking about before (laughs) which is also kind of nice 
Yeah, 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 for sure. And um, uh, so, and also too, just to be clear, when when people register, the the festival is free. It's not going to cost totally you a dime free. to watch this. Uh, and when they and they can register, like if they if they want to, like, oh, it's it's one in the afternoon already. I've just remembered the the movie, the festival. Just go sign up, register, okay. and you'll get your password right away. And then you get in there and watch it. Like it's not a thing. There's no deadline or anything like that. No, not at all. I mean, if you realize at eight o'clock at night on Saturday that you had sort of wanted to watch that movie about the dog it starts at 9 30 so just you can yeah. register right then don't worry like it's okay. um, it's it's very user-friendly in terms of how much or little you want to engage with with the, <laughs> like technological part of it but right. yeah all that all that registering gets you is the, is the password which just gives you access to everything all day long and um and yeah, it's going to be really fun. I really hope it's going to be fun. I want it to be fun. I'm also, I am really excited that it's free this year. You know, we have tried really hard to keep our prices really low. And, and like I said, we're, you know, we're working on, on almost no budget. We are a 501c3. And so like, you know, we're just like kind of army crawling through it all. And then, you know, this happened. And so, um, <laughs> but it feels like the right thing to make this free, make this available, give people this opportunity to have this just like art day where you get to experience some strange stuff, call mm-hmm. your friend in Indonesia and watch with them. I don't know. And then, um, and then, yeah, it is, you can donate money if you want to, we are if I want to free free. And that is, um, that's a, that would be lovely, but also, you know, I know a lot of people are going through a hard time right now and this is just a free thing to do, um, to, you know, experience something that you wouldn't get to. Mm-hmm. So cool. And it, well, the other thing I was going to say real quick is just that, you know, er- people should really understand that there's such a high value given to them by having people like you all collecting and going through all of the work of curating all of this and putting it together in the most thoughtful sequence and groupings and all of these other deeply subtle and hard considerations that you've had to go through. Cause I know that this is not easy work. Um, that is the, the value is not necessarily as linear as like, Oh, and I get to consume this product of, of this yeah. film. The, the, the real value is, uh, I think in being able to, uh, have access to the, the prism through which people that are ahead of you are more, uh, like that spend every day thinking about this as opposed to, you know, one day a month thinking about mm-hmm. all this, right. You get to like really benefit from, from people that are obsessed and, and have, you know, taste and aren't trying to wield something upon you. They're trying to guide you through something. Yes. And it really is an obsession. It really is like everybody putting this festival on is doing so for pennies, if even that, and doing it because we love it. And it's, and it's, you know, I love the opportunity just to get to watch all the films and, and comb through them. Even the ones we don't accept, I'm just like, yeah. even the ones we don't accept and I don't like, I'm still like, oh my gosh, someone made this. Like, it's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it really, there's a lot of love that goes into this for sure. All right, right George, get I us am, out of here. I am definitely looking forward to the Defy Film Festival. I will, I, I literally, I literally drink out of this cup like every day, <laughs> right? I do it every day. I, I hand wash it so this little decal doesn't get more deteriorated than it already is. I'm not even kidding. Every day I drink out of this cup. This wasn't special for this. So um, so I love the Defy Film Festival. I'm looking forward to this. I, I'm anxious to see how these cool new things about it are going to play out. Uh, I, am, I, I will be over my silent grieving for the things we will lose. And I know they'll be back. I know they'll be back. We, we, 
we'll 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 get back to the to the six one five space or or maybe even a bigger better space. Who knows what's going to happen in the next uh, the next iteration in the sixth year? But I'm looking forward to the fifth year for sure. Uh, I'm glad everybody was here with us, Brian. Do you have anything you want to announce or point anybody to? Uh, no, not necessarily right now, but I do want to say that, uh, you know, because mo- most of our audience is actually not in Nashville, uh, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. It's, uh, and so I really want to encourage people mostly that are listening. Um, this is an opportunity for you to get a real insight into, you know, a lot of things that make Nashville special that are not what we're known for. Mm-hmm. And so don't think of this as some sort of tribal, uh, Nashville, uh, type of thing. Uh, this is not that. And, and you should check it out. And this is an opportunity, uh, you know, for Defy also to sort of reach, uh, a broader, uh, audience in a, in a new way and invite people in, you know, without any real, uh, overhead to that experience, uh, at least <laughs> for the, for the the viewer <laughs> yeah so, in terms of travel uh, and all that stuff yeah so i mean i just think it's a really it's you know it's a good it's a good thing overall that that, that you know i think that you're going to have seeds planted during this and because of this that you'll you'll see grow over time even as uh uh n- normal comes back or you know whatever that is so anyway I, th- yeah nothing to announce otherwise i'm not trying to plug anything today joe but thank you yeah um my my whole world uh, has been doing i've been doing nothing but learning uh i've been deep inside uh this thing uh cool this is all I'm doing about 10 hours a day until I understand all of it. And I'm pretty sure German people made it. So it's going to take some time. Uh, mm. But anyway, perfect quarantine. Hobby, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's the gateway to a new universe. Uh, for those listening, I just held up this weird music making device that has a mm. thousand lights on it that I don't understand yet, but I'm getting there. So anyway, uh, a lot of great things going on and, and, uh, and uh, looking forward to the, to the festival. So September 12th, uh, defyfilmfestival.com because the people that speak cannot see that on the screen a week from Saturday. Uh, and we'll get this podcast out, uh, you know, tonight or tomorrow morning for, for the audio folks. And, and what are the social, are you guys at Defy Film Festival at, yeah, on Instagram? Yep. Okay. Yeah, awesome. we're trying. We're promoting the individual blocks and the films there. Um, and at this point, you know, you can't see any of the films yet, but you can watch the trailers and just just go to the go to the website and Killer. get d- be curious, be be open to something different. It's fun. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Joe, send us off. Let's get out of here. And by the way, we'll hang uh, Dicey a little bit after in the little green room, uh, and we'll okay. we'll chit chat. Yeah. And I'll, I'll further uh, give you grief about not accepting my film. <laughs> Yeah, well, Dicey, it's 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 always been great to see you and to talk to you since the bongo porch all the way till today. Uh, and so uh, I wish you guys the best. I love your festival. Give Billy our best, too. I'm sorry he wasn't able to join us today. But oh. Billy Sinise, your co-founder, and, and uh, uh, well, what's his what's his official name with the festival? He's a senior programmer. Senior programmer um, yeah. uh, and also a filmmaker. Um, uh, you guys do such a great job every year. And I know that, you know, even given all the difficulties, you guys are going to do a great job again. So we're looking forward to it next week to five film festival and uh we are out of here we'll see you guys next week we got some big guests coming up soon i think there may be we're we told everybody that we were going to start sort of being on and off about having guests and then of course now we've got like all these guests who we need to get on the show right away so expect another guest next week i'm not sure who got some surprises in line and uh we'll see you guys uh next time on the art fight podcast all right bye
Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast. And once you get there, you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level. You're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and, and help us out. Again, anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast. Click on support this podcast. All right. Thanks, everyone.